All right, Jason, today is a big day. Huge day. Huge day in our country. People's fates will be decided on this day. Some tears will be shed. It's the NFL trade deadline it's day. It's the NFL trade deadline day. Will Will Fuller get traded for the Texans? I think Michael Gallup's a trade candidate so. for Dallas. Um, we will see. Oh, yeah, I guess it's election day, too. Yeah, I guess that's there's kinda, something else going that, on that's, like that. I guess some people think that's a big deal. But we'll have all of this, not election stuff, but we'll have NFL trade deadline stories, which coaches we think are on the hot seat. And we'll talk about a football game I called this weekend, uh, high school football, Victoria West and Gregory Portland. Stay Huge. tuned right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. This is the Right On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. All right, here we are. And if you are listening to this, that means it is after November 3rd, which means I'm sure you're tired of hearing about the election. So this is going to be a nice reprieve from that. You're going to get a little bit of just a little bit of lighthearted sports talk here today on the Ride On Sports podcast. Yeah, I, I, I really haven't watched sports in nearly two weeks, so it'll be very late. Oh, that's a terrible thing to admit. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to admit. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out here before we start. I want to give a shout-out to Jeff Dubroff. Uh, for those of you who listened last week, Jeff was the uh, co- the co-host filling in for Jason while he was on his uh, exotic vacation in uh, the mad- the most magical place on Earth. Slow rider. Uh, what the heck is he saying? Um. But I want to give a shout out to Jeff Dubroff, and here's why. One, Jeff was really, really good. I've known Jeff here for a little over a year now. Jeff's really, really good guy. I really like him a lot. Um, but Jeff, we recorded the show twice. The first time we did it, the audio got uh, lost mostly, so we had to re-record it. So I want to shout out Jeff for being a real trooper there and recording it with me again. Something he really did not have to do, but did it anyway. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Jeff Dubroff. Here on the show, we're gonna have him on uh, here again. He's gonna be a guest on the show. I've, you know, we already talked about that. No doubt, we're gonna have him back on with our man who's back today, Jason Casera. Uh, he's looking forward to meeting you. He told me. Um, yeah. So I like you. No, I don't. I was gonna make a joke, and I just stopped myself. <laughs> oh man, like Go we ahead. said, it's gonna it's gonna be light today. But it's um, but yeah. So I don't want to give that quick shout out to Jeff. That's a little behind the scenes that we uh, that that we had talked about, like real. Again, Jeff, thank you so much. Well, uh, in, in a big production like this, sometimes things just get a little bit sideways, you know? And it's it's I know, like, for everybody that listens, the millions of listeners every week, and we appreciate you guys. Um, but that's just that's just some of the behind-the-scenes magic that people don't get to see or hear necessarily. Yeah. But I, just, I really wanted – I just want to thank Jeff there on the air. I told him thank you probably a million times. Off the air, but I'm going to say thanks again on the air, Jeff. You are the man. Super professional. Yeah, very professional. And with that being said, talk some NFL trade deadline, which is today. Obviously, the biggest story of the day because nothing else matters on a day There's like this. There's nothing else going nothing on. Nothing else that anyone cares about let's at all. Let's take your mind off of the misery in the real world, and let's stick to the misery of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. The, well, if you're a Texans <laughs> or Cowboys fan, are, it yeah. is quite a bit of misery. Dear God. Um, I saw that the Eagles could win the division – uh, was still just like four wins, yeah. Or so like that. The, uh, the Sunday Football Crew showed that graphic yeah. where there's a scenario that the Eagles win the division at four, eleven, and one. And now I really want that to happen. Heck yeah, I really do too. Um, does Mike McCarthy survive the season? We're gonna talk about that. You want to do trade bit. deadline first? We'll do, do trade deadline first. We'll do yeah. trade deadline. We'll talk about then McCarthy we'll here. Seats. We'll 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 do McCarthy here in a bit. Um. Yeah, I, but I really hope that the Eagles win a division at 4-11-1. I'll tell you, in the NFC, if you can't get the one seed, remember, only the one seed gets a first-round bye this year. If you can't get the one seed, I want the five seed. I want to play the NFC East champion in the first. Wow. That's a guarantee. If you're Tampa Bay or New Orleans or the Rams or, you know, if you're one of these playoff teams that's in a tough divisional battle and not going to get the one seed, it would be better to go like 11-5 and five and get the five seed and face Philly or Dallas or the Giants or the – Washington football team in the first round than getting the three seed and being at home and playing against, you know, the Rams or the Cardinals, you know, or like another good team. So that's, that's kind of my little, my little tidbit right there. But Will Fuller, uh, little birdie told me Will Fuller to the Packers. That's being oh. discussed. Um, That'd be, I w- you know what? I'd be happy for him. 
I think that'd be a perfect fit for both, like on yeah. each on both ends, because because Fuller's in a contract year, and I really don't want Houston to resign him. Like it for what his he market, yeah, he isn't given enough. I mean, it's not, or it's just been hurt a lot. Yeah, he, you haven't got to see a lot of Will Fuller on the field. And for what his market value is going to be, my guess is going to be something around fourteen, fifteen million dollars a way year. Too much for that guy. I don't, and the Texans are already paying so many guys so much money. You don't. You're not going to want to re-sign him. So get what you can for him. I think the Packers would be perfect. You have Devontae Adams there. They need a number two receiver, and Adams is not a deep threat. He's a guy not too dissimilar from DeAndre Hopkins. So that would and Rodgers likes to start a deep ball. I think that would be the perfect situation. But someone, I hope Will Fuller gets dealt today. Uh, that's um, that. That's my. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for for the what Texans. What do you think they could bring back? I think best case scenario is a third round pick. I mean, he's in, he's in a contract year, and if you want to keep him, you have to pay him a lot of money. And it's not and Will Fuller, he's not not that he's not a good player. I think he's actually a very good player, mm-hmm. but he is hurt a lot, and his production hasn't always been there. So are you going to give up a first? You're definitely not giving up a first. But are you going to give up a second round pick for a you know for a guy like Will Fuller? Probably not. A third is probably as best you can hope for. With the Texans, you're probably looking at a fourth or a fifth is what you're getting back for Will Fuller. The big trade that could happen that Texans fans don't want to happen. Jeff and I talked about this last week. Is the uh, is JJ Watt potentially? You, I, I think I would just be done with this franchise. I mean, I I, I know because what are you going to get back again? You know, a third rounder, maybe a second if you're lucky, but yeah. you're not. No one's going to pay for his production going forward anymore. But he's got so JJ's got a year left on his deal, and it's mm-hmm. nineteen million, which for a good edge pass rusher, that's what the market is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think again, I don't think the Texans would trade him. I think you can get a second and a third round pick for JJ Watt, though. I I believe that. I think you can get multiple high picks. I don't think you can get a first, but you can get a second and a third for JJ, especially if you're a team like. You wouldn't trade with the Titans in division. But if you're a team like Seattle. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if you're a team like Seattle who needs a pass rusher, you know, they they need someone on defensive line. I think they don't would, do it because we don't have a general manager right now. And I think trying to work that out. You don't trust Jack Easterby to, I don't think he or to be wheeling gonna, and dealing? I don't think they're going to pull that trigger. I just don't think they could. And particularly Cal. I, I, I really do doubt he would for just what J.J. means to the franchise yeah. in the city. Now Jack Easterby's not personally tied to JJ, so maybe that's different. But I, I think that's a complicated one um, because he's just he's 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 really the only staple this franchise ever had. That's now really the face. Before that it was Andre Johnson. But Andre Johnson was and never like was, the spoke. Like right. he, he was great on the field, and like every Texas fan knew he was. Yeah. And he was awesome. But he wasn't like the spokesperson. Do of the we team, have if a you ring of, say. or does the Texans have a ring of honor or anything like that? His number is retired. Is retired. So yeah, he would be so like the first ring. member of that ring of honor. Yeah, and, and then that's it. But I think so. JJ's really the only face that this franchise has ever really had. And now Deshaun's kind of evolving into that as well. Yeah. And uh, they they've even had crappy rumors about trying to trade him. But I just thought there's no way. Uh, there's no way they trade Deshaun there's Watson. There's not enough you could get back that would be like an accurate value, I think. Oh, no. And you would you would probably get – now, Bill O'Brien probably would have done it because he does dumb trades. But thank God <laughs> he's gone. You know, that would be yeah. more concerning. I, but that's why I just think there's not anybody qualified in that building <laughs> to make a <laughs> decent trade. So Will Fuller could go because that makes sense, right? I mean, it does. I mean, but otherwise – that Will Fuller seems pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, because he's, contr- he's on a contract year – Financially, there's no like money to work out as far as who takes a cap hit. Like you know, yeah. it, there's one year left on the deal. Uh, y'all need a receiver. We, you know, we want a draft pick back. That that seems easy enough. Um, JJ would be probably a lot harder to work out. I can't see Deshaun being traded. Did Those, you did you see DeAndre Hopkins sign a new deal? Two years at fifty four and a half million dollars. Yeah, that was his. Uh, that's why. He, I mean, he wanted more money in Houston, so that's it's like it's a, it's an extension. Yeah. Of what he already had. So I mean he's get he's he's gonna be financially set when he walks out of the league. Good for him. George Kittle signed five years, seventy five million dollars. Yeah, extension. this yeah, this was during the uh during the offseason here. Kittle signed that he uh highest paid tight end. Kittle that was just in the off season? Yeah. The NFL website sucks. <laughs> oh man. I'm just gonna uh, close it. So um so Gabe, what so, are some other what are who who are give me three big names that you can think of that might be get traded today? So I think 
Will Fuller's. I think Will Fuller gets dealt today. Okay. Um, I don't know if this gets done. I think the Cowboys should trade Michael Gallup. Okay. I really think the Cowboy the Cowboys should trade Michael Gallup because they just signed Amari Cooper to a large contract this offseason, one receiver. That's really paying I mean, off for him, isn't I mean, it? You can ar- you can argue whether he's worth it or not, but that's you know, they did that. It's a problem when you don't have your starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, sure. yeah. Um and then they drafted C D Lamb in the first round. So you're paying him a good amount of money. Gallup's contract is up at the end of the next season. Are you really going to re sign Michael Gallup? You know, after and then you want you want to try to compete next year, get a draft pick or two back for. I think teams would actually be willing to give up more for Michael Gallup than they would for Will Fuller. I think mm-hmm. if you're Dallas trying to deal Gallup to a team that may, again Green Bay is going to be a popular one here. Uh, does he go to the Green Bay Packers? I think that would make would make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know who else might. Maybe the Buffalo Bills even in the market for another receiver. Uh, Indianapolis Colts potentially. I think that's a guy that needs to be dealt today. I don't know if Dallas will do it, but I think that's a guy who should absolutely be dealt. Um, I'm trying to think of a third guy here off the top of my head that uh I mean I look I look around the league. See, I don't need to pass rusher. Green Bay needs a wide receiver. Um I I think Tampa Bay needs another corner. Um I I don't know. I mean the the 49ers traded away Quan Alexander, who was a big free signing for them a couple years ago. They traded him away to the Saints. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe Richard Sherman's on the move. Uh, the 49ers are not going to really, I mean, with Jimmy G now being out, Kittle being out for a good portion of the season, 49ers need to save some money. They have a lot of big cap numbers on their roster. You trade away Richard Sherman, uh, to a team like, to a team like Tampa Bay who needs a cornerback. Stefan Gilmore has been a name that's been thrown around there, but the Patriots want a first round pick for him. Am I willing to give up a first round pick for a Isn't corner? Isn't that so smooth of, of Bill Belichick is he just puts it out there up front. So you don't have to waste your time. If you're not willing to give him a first-round pick and a player, don't call. So it's it's a first-round pick is what it is for Gilmore. It would depend on who I am. Now, if I'm Tampa Bay, I might do it because I look at Tampa Bay right you're now. selling out. Yeah, I mean, this. if you're going to win a Super Bowl, it's going to be this year. Right. And then – you're planning on contending, being in like being, you know, being in a Super Bowl hunt. So that means that first round pick is going to be 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're getting a late, late first round pick. And I, I watched Tampa Bay yesterday against the Giants. They need another corner. They need because they because Todd Bowles they do a lot of man to man. They do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of pressure. Jamel Dean, who played well early in the year, he got beat a lot yesterday. Now, luckily, Daniel Jones just is not the answer at quarterback for the Giants. He was missing the deep balls. But Jamel Dean was getting beat a lot yesterday. That is not going to change. I think you need another corner if you're Tampa Bay because uh, I think there's teams that could expose you know Jamel Dean and your other young defensive backs uh, if you don't get that shirt up. But there's no perfect NFL team. Uh, but I think Stephon Gilmore – I, I don't know if he gets dealt today, but there's going to be a lot of conversation around him today. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, he is on a new team. I'm very curious to see where he goes. The Titans, speaking of corners, the Titans traded for Desmond King yesterday. like that for them. But the Titans are a team that need Saw a pass that. rush. Yeah, uh, They absolutely need a pass rush. Uh, what about Avery Williamson? Avery Williamson to the Steelers. I, I so that was a good trade. I like this for the Steelers yeah. because they lost Devin Bush um, to injury a couple weeks ago. Williamson's a good underrated linebacker. He plays for the Jets, so no one knows, really knows who. Wasn't he, is. he a high draft pick a few years ago? He was uh, a he was a free agent signing. He he not his he, name's familiar to me. Like it sticks yeah, out. Yeah, he um, he got a pretty nice contract with the Jets two off seasons ago. Okay, he got a pretty nice contract with the Jets, and obviously the Jets are just you know. They're the freaking Jets. I mean, they're terrible. Saints traded for Quan Alexander. Yeah, that's um, I like that for the Saints. Uh, I really, really do. Now, I don't know how the Saints are going to work that out cap wise in the coming years because Quan Alexander is a huge cap number. Uh, that's why I think the 49ers might also trade Richard Sherman because they have a lot of big cap numbers as well and they need to get that down. Uh, so I think Sherman is a dark horse guy that could potentially be on the move today. I'm very curious to see how this works out because I think we're going to have a very active trade deadline. I think it's going to be more like the baseball trade deadline where you do see a lot of movement. I think there's going to be more like that this year in, uh, in the NFL. So I'm excited to see how this all plays out. But with all that being said, Jason, we're going to have a little game here called Hot Seat. These are the co- there are going to be some coaches here that I'm going to say that are on the hot seat in college football and in the NFL, and we're going to decide whether or not 
they should be let go or if they should stay on the coaching hot seat. <laughs> if they should stay if they should stay on their position. Okay, okay. So who are we going to start with? We'll start here. There's only one guy we can start with here, here in Texas. Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, pretty obvious what's happened with him this year. They are two and five or two and they are they're two and six. Uh obviously Dak got hurt, but it didn't even look good when Dak was healthy. Mike McCarthy, is he um does he get to stay in Dallas or would you let him go? Um I think you get the excuse of the injury. Now they haven't looked great, but of course you had a regime change, and so things are always gonna be a little shady or shaky. But well, the one thing I don't see is it seems like those players are playing the way that you saw players in Houston play for Bill O'Brien. But if he already is, has players not playing for him and just a few games into the first his first season there, that's really bad for him. That's really bad for McCarthy. Zeke looks terrible. And, like, he's not even trying. You know, it's like I've – like you – I saw him in that game against the uh, the Eagles where he got tackled behind the line of scrimmage two or three times, and I don't remember that happened very often before. I mean, like like he just was one of those guys that like, he, the ball's in his in his gut and he's just moving forward the whole time, but it's like he's stopping and he's getting gang tackled. So to me, McCarthy, I don't know, man. That's a, it's a Jerry Jones is notoriously uh, loyal to his head coaches because he's being loyal if to his name decision. Jason Garrett, <laughs> yeah. But he, but like but you know like if like they usually get a couple of years you know two or mm-hmm. three years so it would surprise me if he gets fired if he's gonna get fired I think it will be before the end of the season like before Christmas yeah it's that's a, a hard commit to me what about you I mean I think my position on this is pretty obvious said it multiple times here on the podcast I'm in the fire McCarthy train even before Dak was injured and before yeah. they had all these offensive line injuries the team was terrible I mean they looked lost they looked. You know they were a joke. They were a joke watching them play. I mean they've been a joke for a long time, <laughs> but at least they were like an eight and eight joke. Competitive. <laughs> yeah. I mean this like this this team and then the players two weeks ago. I mean it's McCarthy's first year. It's six games in the season. Two weeks ago they're saying they're already like a player mutiny against the coaches because they think this coaching staff is an abomination. <laughs> I mean I think the offense looks lost. And op- then why are you starting? Uh, what was well, his name Dalton again? Dalton was hurt. Yeah, ben Denucci. Ben Denucci. Denucci. I don't get it. I mean, that's his name. That's yeah, but what? I mean, there's got to be other guys out on the street, right? I mean, they drafted be. Ben Denucci in the seventh round <laughs> to be the third string quarterback. So that's Jerry Jones' boy, anyway, huh? Yeah. So it's wow. um, that's a disaster. Yeah, the Cowboys are a disaster. a disaster. It's uh, I'm into fire McCarthy train. I think if he comes back for another year, it's going to be maybe Garrett Gilbert bad... will get to get on the field because I'd like to see that. Maybe Garrett Gilbert, I used to call him former Gilbert Grape, former uh, former Texas Longhorn gets on the field for the Cowboys. Texas at some Longhorn Grape, Gilbert, something like that. Um, <laughs> moving on. Doug Marone. In the Houston Texans division with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Doug Marone. I can't believe he still has his job. He's been there for I've heard this like guy is extremely toxic too. Now. Like he's like a Bill O'Brien. Like this guy's just an a-hole. That's what so I've Bill, heard about him. So when it looked like he was gonna get fired at the end of last year, it was like, oh, O'Brien and Doug Marone are close, and O'Brien will bring him in as yeah, the offensive coordinator. So does Doug Scary. Marone, is this the year he gets fired in Jacksonville? Jacksonville's another weird one too, though, because you know they went all in. What, a year or two ago, and I don't remember if he was there or not. He no, he's been there since like 2014. Okay, so he was there when they went all in, and then they didn't succeed. I'm surprised he didn't get fired then because then they tore the team apart. Yeah, and, and Jacksonville does this. They're like the San Diego Padres of the NFL. They're like you know sign a bunch of talent, trade for a bunch of talent. They don't make it, so then they just tear it all down. So I'm surprised he's still there. So if they're gonna hit restart, they might as well then which fire you would the guy. Ass- which yeah. you would assume. So I mean, there's. I there's feel like some, they would have already have done it. Yeah, there are some high quarterbacks this year in the draft between Lawrence and Justin Fields. They're playing. They they have Minshew they have going Minshew out there back for there. Him. They're somewhat. So they're, they're not even trying I, to win. And then Minshew hurt his thumb this week, so they're having a guy that. And you know how I follow college football. I don't even know who's starting at quarterback for the Jaguars <laughs> this week. I don't even know the guy's name. That's pretty bad. Um. So that yeah, that is pretty bad. I would imagine this is the year they hit the reset button on that franchise. Doug Marone gone from Jacksonville. Now here's another one. Because this team's had a disappointing year. They had a big win this last weekend. Mike Zimmer of the Vikings. This was a team that was supposed to be a playoff team this year. Yeah. They're two and five. You, you've got a uh, franchise quarterback there, too. you got a great uh, running back. Franchi- I mean, they gave franchise, him the money. The, they gave him the money. He has, franchise quarterback, he has a franchise yeah. quarterback paycheck. <laughs> so, But he's your guy. And then you have 
Uh, you still have some good receivers. And they gave, him an, they gave him an extension this offseason. Mike Zimmer? Yeah. Or no, not Zimmer. Cousins. Oh, yeah, it's so... Can't anybody be a general manager in the NFL? Is that? I mean, I feel like we've, we've well, figured so out enough. The, that the extension was to lessen his cap hit for this year. So instead of paying him like boatloads of money this year, they're paying him instead a lot of money the next couple of years. So like they restructured it into an extension because his Kirk Cousins cap hit this year would have been too much. So they lessened it this year, and Kirk said, "Okay, only way I'll do that is if you sign me for multiple years." And they're like, "All right, fine." Uh, now it's backfiring. I really want to cuss right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, F that guy. I never liked him before anyway. Um, Jake Luton is the guy starting for uh, Jacksonville this weekend anyway. I don't even know. Came out of Oregon State. 6'6", 224. I, I, I can't. Yeah. I think the last time I watched an Oregon State football game, Jaquiz Rogers was <laughs> the running back there. Wow. Uh, that was, that was wow. what, like 2009? Yeah, um, you were in diapers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Not that long ago. <laughs> So, uh, uh, but yeah, so Mike Zimmer, so I mean, it's like with the, two and five. with what Minnesota Their was defense supposed has to, taken a step back, but Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy, right? Yeah. And they had some, you know, they have a young defense that just not playing well. Do you blame it on COVID and give them another year or do you uh, cut the cord and try to move it in a new direction with Kirk Cousins making a lot of money? <laughs> seems like all these teams are in the same predicament Houston was in, right? Where you have. You have some, well, except for Jacksonville maybe, but you're kind of embedded with the talent you have, and then the head coach starts shitting the bed, and you you just don't want to do Because if you have to go in a new direction, you're resetting a lot of things. So um, I probably would fire Mike Zimmer. You'd fire Mike Zimmer? Yeah, I'd fire him. I'd keep him because I see. I feel like this is what Zimmer does. He has a good year and then a subpar year. And I think you can blame because it, it was a young defense this year. Mm-hmm. They knew that coming into the season. I think combined with not getting because they, they're starting like four rookies on defense. Mm-hmm. So you're not able to get these guys like into practice and training camp and things like that. I'm willing to give Zimmer a mulligan here, uh, <laughs> but he's uh, he'll be on the hot seat to start next season yeah. for sure. Uh, next on the list, Matt Nagy of Chicago Bears. I mean, just you watch. <laughs> I've the, heard he's been miserable. I've barely seen it, but he you watch the Bears. They. Uh, their offense has actually gotten worse, I would say, with Nick Foles playing quarterback over Trubisky. I just think if you have to go to Nick Foles, it's like going to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I would probably rather go to Fitzpatrick than Foles because Nick Foles is like, he's only he's had a couple of gyms. That's it. Hey, he's, Nick but he's Foles never won a steady Super Bowl. Hand. He's never been a steady hand. It's just very weird. It's very weird. So, I don't know. That's The Bears are, dis- are a disaster. What's crazy is they're 5-3 and three right now. Are they? <laughs> they're 5-3 and three on the strength of their defense and beating the Falcons. And So the, then why why would you consider him on the hot seat? Because he is an sucks. offensive guy, Okay. and their offense is terrible. And that's what I was looking terrible. up right now. They're, they're up. bottom five in the league in everything. Passing yards, total yards, rushing yards, third down efficiency, yeah. first down efficiency. You can any stat analytic you want to look at. The Bears are at the bottom in the NFL. And let's get your quarterback sacked. They get their quarterback sacked a lot. <laughs> wow. Um, it's so, and I will say, so Matt Nagy's actually a guy I like. And I remember his first year in Chicago. They, it was a year they went twelve and four, and it was a double doink field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but their offense with Trubisky that, that year, that was it was a, it was a lot of smoke and mirrors. It was a lot of trick plays. It was a lot of a lot of stuff. And it was very clever, their offense. I'm wondering now, was it was that did Matt Nagy just empty his bag of tricks year one in Chicago, or did Trubisky regress? Or I'm on the fence here. It's like, do I want to give Nagy a chance? Do I want to try to get Nagy a legitimate quarterback and give him a chance with a legit guy? Or is it just am I because Nagy's an offensive coach and a defense is carrying the team and the offense is regressing in his three years there. That's well, why I think, and I thought they had a seat. stable of pretty good running backs in Chicago for a while too. Well, Cohen did get and hurt. Tariq Cohen, yeah. the little scat back, he he got hurt. Um, he's done for the year. Montgomery's a decent back, but again, when you don't have a, le- a legitimate passing game and the offensive line has suffered some injuries, it's hard to run the ball. Yeah, they they're running at three point eight yards per carry. Um, I mean, they're bottom of the league in everything. The Bears have actually thrown have more pass attempts than than the Texans do. And they have less passing yards. What if yards. I told you? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> a lot less passing yards, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Texans have 2,095. The Bears, um, they were like at 1,600. Yeah, like that, I think. that's, it was, it was ba- that's terrible. Especially this far along in the season. 
Um, I don't know though. I don't know if he's done enough to get himself fired. I I think the one thing is like when they traded uh, uh, for Khalil Mack. Yeah, and and then they had that just amazing defensive year. It seemed uh-huh. like yeah, they probably have regressed. Um, well, the defense was not going to get better than what it was that year. Like yeah, that that was good. that was a, a very impressive defense. But like you said, that was the year of the double boink, right? The, du- the, the double doink. The double doink. The double doink field goal. Yeah. Um, I just. I don't know. I, I think he's a guy that I would probably hold on to because yeah. uh, he hasn't been there real long either, right? This, three, is, four year, this is year three. Year three? Just, what concerns me with him is that the off, he's an offensive coach and the offense is regressing under his watch. He's got a shit quarterback. I mean, I mean yeah, needs, whether it's Foles or Trubisky, it's yeah, not like He's got to get a answer. good quarterback. I want, so, yeah, I hope for his sake, I hope they can get him a legitimate quarterback this offseason. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they can do something. Uh, now, here's a guy. Oh, here we go. Here's a guy I don't think he ever deserved an NFL head coaching position I'm with quite you. yet. I'm with you on this one. He was. Uh, it's, he, it's the Bill Belichick coaching tree, though. Like all his assistant so, coaches go elsewhere, and none of them really succeed. Matt Patricia is the next guy on the list, and let me tell you why Matt Patricia never deserved a head coaching job. Remember when they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and Nick Foles lit them up like a Christmas tree, yeah, throwing for you know 400 yards and five touchdowns. Remember, remember that, and just they couldn't beat. Nick Foles and the Eagles. Was that the year that he went to got a head coaching job? It was after that season when he got hired by Detroit. Remember the next year in the Super Bowl when Matt Patricia was not the defensive coordinator and the Patriots defense shut down the LA Rams offense that was running through everybody the entire year? Who was their defensive coordinator then? Brian Flores, who's now with the Miami Dolphins. What do you know? The Dolphins are actually a functional team. Yeah. They're on their way up. You get. When Patricia was the defense coordinator of the Patriots, the Patriots' defense was average to below average. Patricia leaves the year with Flores. They're the number one defense in the NFL. Crazy. What does that tell you about Matt Patricia? That Isn't he's that not cool? a good coach. How cool for Brian Flores, though? Flores is, I mean, hey, Flores is doing well. I mean, yeah. he's rebuilding that team in Miami. I heard so many good things about him. Ho- hopefully, Tua's the guy there. Uh, I mean, he, he won his first game this weekend with a lot of that, a lot of defensive touch. I saw touch. a documentary about on Tua. Yeah, like, Fox had briefly. a little I didn't really watch thing. it. I just thought, no, nah, I'm rolling my eyes. Why? What, why? Why do they have a documentary about this guy? His, What's he his, done? His family's, uh, his family's very unique. He's a unique dude. Yeah, he's a very and then uh, I mean obviously the injury he had last is year. It, but is it like documentary? It's worthy? not a doc. It's like a special. It was about uh, like him coming back from his injury or something, right? It's so it's, it's the injury combined with like falling on fa- my face and moving back up. The two it, was special. It's uh, welcome to the NFL, rookie. It's the injury and his family background kind yeah. of thing. So it's worth. So I should watch. Is what you're saying. Like just just give it a watch, Jason. If, Maybe you'll feel differently. I'm not gonna say it's. It, I watched it. It was fine, and so, I and I like Tua, but yeah. I didn't. I no, didn't think I it like was like him. some outstanding production. Like it was okay. I just it shocks me sometimes whenever rookies are so heralded, and it's it's that's that puts a lot of pressure on the kid. He as if there's not enough already. He, he but it puts man, a lot of pressure. I, like I Deshaun. I don't think pressure bothers Tua. I yeah. really don't. I don't. I think he he is a unique dude. Yeah, and I think. I think he's he was my favorite quarterback in this last draft. Uh, now Justin Herbert has just been absurd <laughs> this year. Who Go Bolts! Yeah, that's he, my team, baby. Uh, yeah, it might be after today. Um, <laughs> but Herbert's been absurd. But anyway, going back to Matt Patricia right. in Detroit, I just don't think that guy's ever looked like he knows what he's doing entirely. I mean, he's I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he knows what he's doing, right? But he's just I don't know. The the Lions are just. Who cares? The Lion Jim Caldwell is averaging a nine and seven record in Detroit. They fired him to hire Matt Patricia, and Matt Patricia has had losing seasons his first two years. Has, is three and four right now. They just got blown out by the Colts. I'm with you. Matt Patricia never deserved a job in the first place. Well, and what's going on with the Lions' offense? I mean, I've always thought Matthew. I wish Matthew Stafford could have gotten out of Detroit long ago and gone literally anywhere else. Yeah, it just <laughs> seems like it's 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 a. It's a team. It's like uh, God. What do I call it in baseball? The Mets are the team that talent goes to die, uh-huh. and the Lions are that team for the NFL. Like talent goes to the to the Detroit, and they never make it out of there alive again. Yeah, no, wasted I, careers over and over again. And you look at the Lions, like their offense. Stafford, I like Stafford. I'm with you on Matthew Stafford. DeAndre Swift is a good rookie running back. And he um, has a what? Kenny Galladay. Kenny like Galladay is a good receiver. Marvin Jones is a solid number two yeah. receiver. They drafted Titan Hawkinson, who's solid. Like they actually have pieces on offense, and their offensive line isn't bad. 
the Lions don't – and Patricia's a defensive guy, so it's like, okay, offense should be fine. Defense should be good. Defense isn't any good either. I'm with you. Now let's move on to your other team, the L.A. Chargers and Anthony Lynn. Um, I, he's got a rookie quarterback, so I feel like you get a little bit of uh, um, a break there because he's an offensive guy, right? I mean, he was—he's more of a wait. No, he guy. was no. He, yeah. he was—he was a running back. He's a running back, so you'd think offensive guy. Yeah. Um, but, he does, but he doesn't call the plays. He's just a man. So he's managing. He—he's he, a CEO head coach. Okay, is what he is. Which but, I think that can work in the NFL. When you saw Hard talk. Knocks, and I saw how he uh, talked, spoke with his players. Yeah. I thought it was very respectable, like the way he was with his guys. No, like, he I, I seemed like, like that a too. Players coach, and I it, think players coach is a bigger deal in the NFL than most sports because mm-hmm. those guys, you know, they need some love. Yeah, they're gonna make mistakes all the time. They need some love, and they don't need someone just ripping into them every single time, right? They're grown uh-huh. men, but he seems like that kind of guy. Um, maybe he's not though, you know. Yeah, maybe he's not a guy you fall in love with because this is what year three or four for him. This is year. Th- Three, four. This is year four for him. Year four. This so, is year four. I mean, you're starting a rookie. You lost your franchise quarterback, which the Colts are five and two, and I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to them that much. No, I just is, know that they're, they're Chargers. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. with the Colts too, like they have Philip Rivers. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's looking but bad think, with the Colts. But I think defense, Justin, but. I think Justin Herbert's an upgrade over Philip Rivers. Yeah, and you just blew a big lead to the Broncos this weekend. I like the Broncos have a great offense. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind, I'm out on Anthony Lynn, and I loved him yeah. after Hard Knocks. I was like, man, this is a. I would love to <laughs> like. Guy. I think he he's a real likable guy. Yeah. I don't think he's an NFL head coach. Well, and the pressure there is that they have a brand new stadium, and no one's filling it right now, obviously. But next season they will be, and you want. Um, people to come to those games because uh, there's been a hard enough assimilation for the Chargers going from San Diego to LA, uh-huh. and you don't need a losing team. So the owner's gonna feel pressure, and uh, he, yeah, at two and five, he'll if say they go four and twelve, he's probably out. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean it's and that's what they're on pace to do. Despite yeah. you got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the outside, Justin Herbert playing great. I mean, good running back. Uh, uh, hurt so Eckler's hurt right, right now, but they've still been fine at running back. And you got Joey Boso, who you just paid, and Melvin Ingram's a good defensive end. And I mean, they got so many players; they should be winning more games. Yeah, I'm out on Anthony Lynn. We're gonna hit a break right now. We're gonna come out with some college football. Texas Longhorns pulling a big upset this weekend, plus a little hot seat there. Then talk some high school football and AJ Hinch now officially won't be returning to the Houston Astros. We'll be back right here on the Right On Sports. Go Bolts! I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. RightOnCorpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at RightOnCorpus.com. All right, we are back here on the Right On Sports Podcast, and we're going to talk... Some college football here are Texas Longhorns who rooting for the Longhorns is like being in an abusive relationship. <laughs> That's what I liken it to. Uh, it's it's not healthy at all. But for the first time since 2010, the Longhorns have beat a top 10 team on the road when they beat number six Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Jason, does this... Potentially save Tom Herman's job in Austin. I guess it depends how the rest of the year like plays out. But isn't it funny that Texas and Oklahoma State usually do this to one another when Texas is ranked and Oklahoma State isn't? Oklahoma State beats Texas. It's like they're always ruining. It's each other's exactly year. what happened in 2018 when Texas was ranked fifth in the country. A couple weeks off that, you know, big win over OU when they beat Kyler Murray and Co. And then they travel to Stillwater, and Oklahoma State beats, you know, fifth-ranked Texas. Now this year, sixth-ranked Oklahoma State against unranked Texas, where everything's going the wrong way, and the Longhorns walk out on top. I mean, that's just in overtime, of course. I mean, that's just well, maybe after because okay, so they played OU right, and then so they had a week off. They had a week by. They played Baylor, and now they beat Oklahoma State, and the rest. So they did the Baylor game. They play uh, Kansas, which that should be an automatic win. Um, they play, I know they play Kansas state and West Virginia still, I think I'm missing someone else on the schedule, but they're, I know their last four games 
are not very tough. So maybe he uh, and so what are they now? They're There's four and two. Four and two. So they have potential for a nine or ten win season. I mean, potential, sure, but I mean, when does Texas ever? Whenever it's like, oh, they should win all these games. They never right. actually win all those games. It's like playing Maryland and, and losing to them for some weird reason ever. Yeah. Um, I've just never been sold on Tom Herman. I just never have been. And I don't know. But I just it, don't know. Does I mean, it, let, let's say he, he goes. He needs time to build a culture, let, right? But I mean, this is year four. This is all. These are all his players. Like, culture's been built. Like. <laughs> this is like I watched Texas. How many times is Matthew McConaughey gonna try to fire up a team? Yeah, but I watched Texas and it's like, gosh, they're so undisciplined. They can't tackle. They're they they don't look buttoned up. Like I watch Alabama, and they don't make a ton of mistakes. But I thought Tom Herman was this guy. I thought he was a no nonsense, you know, Ohio State coaching tree, right? Like I thought he was that kind of guy. And do you still want Urban Meyer? Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. So, so what's ah, this is too deep of a conversation to say what's the difference between Tom Herman's coaching philosophy and Urban Meyer's, you know? I mean Well, Urban Meyer is just a proven track record of he goes to Utah, immediately wins. go undefeated. He goes to Florida, year two national champion, year cons. four national champion. Good convicts. Hey, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> then goes to Ohio State. Year yeah. one goes undefeated. Yeah. Year two, one game away from the national championship game. Year three, national championship. Yeah. I mean, it's just Urban Meyer. He goes places, and right away they're contenders. And well, and he's and played seen, with some less than talent on those teams too. Yeah, I mean, he, he got great when, college players, but when he, I mean, like when he got to Ohio State, they were remember the Jim Trestle, the huge mm -hmm. Jim Trestle scandal, and they had a six and six year. He gets to Ohio State. They're on a ball ban. They had a bunch of guys transfer out. He goes undefeated his first year at Ohio State. Undefeated, 12-0. And, and he didn't get to go to a bowl game, but he gets to go undefeated there. Year two, 12-2. and two. Year three, 14-1. National championship. Like, did Urban Meyer, he goes places. He goes to Florida. Year two at Florida when Tebow was a freshman as a backup quarterback and Chris Leak was a starting quarterback. Chris Leak, yeah. He won a national championship at Florida. <laughs> then he won another one with he, Tebow. He was expected to be an NFL talent as well. But it's but uh but Urban Meyer, I can he's gone to all these different places and the Utah as well when they had Alex Smith. Yeah. Won, beat, went and beat down Pitt in the Fiesta Bowl back in 04. Urban Meyer goes places and wins immediately. Urban Meyer goes to Texas. There is no transition period. There is no, oh, he's got to establish his culture, do whatever. It is, he is coming in and they are competing right away for Big 12 and national championships. If you Google Urban Meyer's name right now, the first thing that comes up is Urban Meyer to Texas. Yes, it needs to happen. I will contribute $10 to the Urban Meyer to and Texas. And there's, there's a lot of articles out there, you know, would Urban Meyer come to Texas? Fire Tom Herman now. Yeah, if, if Urban Meyer would come, I think you would have to have it locked up. You'd have to have those back room conversations, the regents, you know, talking to Urban Meyer's agents or whatever. Which I'm trusting we can do. They're probably already doing it, you know, and, and maybe in some ways Tom Herman's uh, walking dead already. He's a dead man on campus. But we maybe he is. But we discussed this because we're both kind of in the we don't like Herman. Like, I'm just not impressed with him, man. Yeah. I just feel like like he was uh it was it's much ado about nothing with this guy. He, so he's not the guy to bring Texas back. Yeah, I don't, with, I, and I agree. I don't think he with, is because we'd already be there. Yeah. So with that being said, with that, that being win said, over, go ahead. The eyes of Texas are upon you. Get the hell out, and and take your ass. But, wherever you need to go but like so we don't think herman's the guy but they w beat the number six team in the country on saturday so that is counterproductive Just to the, the to our goal <laughs> of getting tom herman out so of there you want texas to lose but it's also counterproductive as your feelings of like i want Texas. yeah to like always I'm, win. I'm watching texas and i'm rooting for him but i'm like I like, want that coach gone as well it's a very weird situation to be in i think if they uh can't make a bowl, which would be surprising because there's a million of them. But let's just say they don't make a bowl game. I think he'd be fired. Um, if they do something lame like the Alamo Bowl or whatever, then 
he still could be fired. You know there's something called a Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl? Oh, yeah. And have you ever seen the commercials for Bad Boy Mowers? <laughs> the chicks on them? Oh, I have not. God. It's uh, But... Just makes that makes yeah. You if Texas buy a can't if Texas can't win a get to a bowl game, that's pathetic. But I think they will. That's not going to happen. Uh, they la- probably will. Um, let's let's. I I think if Urban Meyer can be locked up, they fire Tom Herman. If he can't be locked up, I think they roll with what they got. Okay. So I want to go one more hot seat here, and this is a guy I really really like, but he ain't producing, and that's Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. He seems like he's been on the hot seat since he got there. But, I mean, I think more from a fan perspective, not mm-hmm. from, like, actuality. I think now, like, this is year six for him. It's like, man, you wow. got – and he hasn't beaten Ohio State yet. Eey, that hurts. Um, Where's Michigan at? I mean – I mean, they they're, they just lost this past weekend to Michigan State, a Michigan State team that lost to Rutgers, who hadn't beat anybody in, like, six years. Uh, So, I mean, Michigan, it's a bad look for, mm-hmm. you know, for Big Blue right now. I That's mean, is, is this uh, – I mean, maybe you give him a pass because of COVID, but nah, man, it's. Uh, he's I think been there it's six like years. Texas, man. It's like you, you gotta, you gotta produce out of Michigan. They get so much talent. They rule the roost in that general area, that region, and you get, you get national talent. Obviously, that goes to Michigan yeah. too. And he's gonna hurt that legacy of attracting that kind of talent if they don't start winning. So, um, yeah, it, it just. Go back to the NFL, Jim Harbaugh. I actually thought he was really good with the 49ers. Yeah, so I, I, I don't I know why he left. I wouldn't mind seeing him. Well, he got into it with Niner Man. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him back in the NFL. I love Harbaugh. It's hard for me to be impartial here. I would keep him. Uh, but it's you got to start winning at some point. I'd like to see him coach with his brother. That would be cool. Honestly. That would be cool. I think that would be great. That would be cool. But I don't think either of them want to be assistants. Um <laughs> So anyway, let's move on. Uh, I got your experience. Yeah, I got the the opportunity for the first time in my broadcasting career to do to do uh, be part of a broadcast for just any kind of football game. Uh, So I was uh, I had a lot of fun with that this weekend. So how'd that work out? How'd that happen? Can you uh, share that? Yeah, no, of it's course. These contract negotiations that you had with the big network. <laughs> no, no contract negotiations. <laughs> no. Um, so I do some work for 1440 Keys on the side, and uh, so I know their play-by-play guy, Doug, pretty well, and he usually does it with James Espinosa. They call Gregory Portland games regularly, mm-hmm. and uh, Doug and I have a good relationship. You know, he, Doug Ketchison, he's a really cool dude. Uh, you know, he, you know Doug is to be better. He's just awesome guy to just awesome guy to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very nice guy as well, and James had a family co- – his partner, uh, broadcast partner, James Espinosa, had a family commitment over the week uh, this past Friday, mm-hmm. and he needed someone to fill in. He just asked me, hey, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so that's how the opportunity came about. Uh, so were you the color commentator? I was the color commentator, yeah. You are like, well, let me tell you about Brad over there. He's uh, He's been doing great things in the community, mowing grass for old ladies and things like that. Uh, nothing like Talk that. Talked to him before the game. No? Uh, uh, no, I didn't quite do that on the broadcast. But um, <laughs> Were you like Chris Collinsworth? Were you like – Here's a guy. When I played in the league, things were different. I I think at some point I brought up my college basketball career. (laughs) Um, But, no, so I got to do it with Doug, and Doug made my job very easy. He's a really good play-by-play guy. Mm. Uh, The game did not make my job easy for two reasons. (laughs) One, it was a blowout. Victoria West beat Gregory Portland 59-20. to It was 45-0 at halftime, 59-20. to Wasn't even that close. Um, Did you say something like, you can't even find Victoria on a map. But here we are. No, I did not say anything like that. But it's uh, – and then the other reason why it wasn't easy as a color commentator, Victoria West's offense is so fast. Mm-hmm. Like they get up to the line. They're running plays within like five seconds of each oh, other. Wow. It makes it hard like as a color man to do your job. I said it on a broadcast yeah. at one point. It's like it's as if they have no regard for me trying to do my job here in the booth. You know, yeah. As a joke. But I was – GP did not look good. Did you have fun doing it? Oh, I had a blast. I loved it. So there's potential for a Gabe Myers transition into the broadcast booth. So I've done broad, I've done baseball before, yeah. I've done basketball, I've done softball, I've even done volleyball. Okay, I've never done football before. Volleyball, man, is yeah. it girls? Yeah. All right. Oh god. Is it fun? Uh, so vo- at Sam, so I did it at Very Sam Houston. Yeah. I did it at Sam Houston, and volleyball was actually my favorite sport to cover while I was at Sam. I bet. Because mine too. Gosh, because of the coach. All the wrong re- what? Okay. Because of the the coach was uh, Brenda Gray, she was the most open, honest, like straightforward coach, Ooh, yeah. and she she would just you know if we talked on the phone after you know a loss or something, she was like, well, our girls got her ass kicked yesterday, you know, like it was just you know mm-hmm. it was just like that, and she was, but she was also really sweet. I you know I had a lot of she was my favorite coach to cover while I was at Sam Houston, and 
her team like volleyball is a fun sport to watch if, for those who haven't watched it i you know i enjoy watching volleyball although baseball is my favorite sport to commentate mm-hmm. i love doing baseball because you're per- a lot of time to talk well your personality comes out in baseball yeah. basketball is very fast paced football also in football you, know, you get a blowout your personality comes out a little bit more but in baseball you gotta you got the fill you know you gotta fill time yeah um so you, your personality comes out the most in baseball so i enjoyed that but I'm gonna say, uh, not GP. Uh, Vets and Flower Bluff may want to take notice of Victoria West. Yeah, they are three and zero in district. Their last two games of the year are against Vets and Flower Bluff, so they won't see them till late in the year. Victoria West might insert themselves into this uh, into this district title picture here. You know, Victoria used to be very dominating for South Texas for a long time, yeah. and it just fell off over the years. And I, they split the schools. There used yeah. to be one high school there, and Maybe West got the talent. I don't know. This I don't year, know what I mean, East so is doing. so I mean, the, it goes back and forth. Some years East is better. Some years West is better. West actually beat East fifty to twenty a couple of weeks ago. So West is clearly the better team this year. Hmm. Um, they got a quarterback Buzzle who's solid. He's fine. The one weakness, Buzzle. Blake Buzzle is his name. The one weakness <laughs> in this West team that I saw, and I don't know if it's a weakness. I just didn't see it on hmm. Friday. They didn't really throw the ball down the field. It was a lot of quick hitters. You know they didn't. They just weren't really hitting big plays. That's something I'd want to see more of. Just stretch the defense out. And you know when you're playing GP, who just did not look very good. You know you don't need to throw the ball down the field. You don't need to. You know you're not needing to take shot plays. But when you're playing Flower Bluff or Vet, some of these better teams, you are going to need to. You know have a vertical component to your offense. Their best player, though, in my opinion, they had a running back, number seven, Chase Podick. Uh, you know Clyde edwards hilaire for the Chiefs. He played at LSU last year. Little. Little running back, little pinball, mm-hmm. just getting. That's what he reminds me of. He okay. gets it. He gets. You know, they have a big left side of the offensive line. They average three hundred pounds. You know, between left guard and left tackle, um, and he gets behind those two guys, and he just you know a little pinball in there, just kind of bounces around, bounces around, and then you just see him exploding out of the hole for you know a twenty yard gain. You know, I think he ran for about fifteen yards of carry on uh on friday he i would say he's their best player and they have a lot of weapons uh deandre fillmore latrell barfield um Dion green uh jesus aguilar they you know guys who they throw the ball to and can make plays after the catch um you might want to take notes of victoria west their defensive line looked good i mean gp couldn't you know they couldn't get past the line of scrimmage when they were running the ball and they couldn't protect their quarterback either um i'm interested to see how they match up with uh vets and with flower bluff because i think this is a team that can give them some problems and their their coach or their offensive coordinator is corpus christi miller's passing game coordinator from a year ago and their offense moves very fast they get up to the line and it's very you know they know what they're doing they're crisp on offense so i'm curious to see how they match up with the better teams in district 15 5a and then a big game this weekend uh rock no port lavaca no, who knows they rock port again i know i've done that before um port lavaca and cal allen are going to get it on out there in uh, Sand Crab Stadium. Yeah. So I'm a. This probably this decides the district title in all likelihood. Um, I'm curious because I was talking with Jeff last week. Over, we're setting the over under on pass attempts for ten in this game total. <laughs> yeah. Because Lavaca, the you know Calhoun, they run that you know tri- they run that triple option. They run the Veer. Uh, you know they're they're gonna the wing T whatever they run. Uh, and Kyle and it's you know. It's an option offense, but then they'll spread you out, and it'll be more of a spread option as well to kind of run the same plays from different formations. Um, not going to be a lot of throwing the ball in this game. If you like the passing game, this ain't going to be the game for you. But these are two teams that could be, obviously not just for the district title, we could see these two teams again battle in a month or so for the Region 4 title. I mean, these are legitimate. This is a legitimate, uh, two legitimate uh, playoff contenders here, guys that can go deep, deep into the playoffs. I'm very curious to see how this uh, how this game plays out. I want to see how it plays out, not just the result, but how what's the game flow like? Because I think these two teams could be playing again here in a month or so with a chance to go to the state semifinal on the line. And then you got Miller and Beeville. That probably will be a uh, 65 to 62 kind of game. You, you hear about the Miller uh, Port Lavaca game from a couple weeks ago? It was 77 to 76. Port Lavaca beat Miller. Holy cow! Miller went for two at the end of the game and didn't, I didn't get know the it. score was that high. That's insane. Yeah, Andrew Body, the Miller quarterback, had nine touchdowns. If they could, if their defense could stop anybody, like they, did they play in the Big Twelve? Wow. Yeah, I mean, if their defense could stop anybody, it would be a 
I mean, I mean, Miller, if they can figure it out even a little bit defensively, I think they can still make a deep playoff run. Uh, I mean, you look at that district with Miller, Port Lavaca, and Cal Allen. You could have three teams there making it, you know, beyond the third round. Or at least I think Miller would be slated to face a district winner in the third round if they were to get that far. Mm-hmm. But you could, you know, have three teams in that district make it three rounds deep in the playoffs, which would be awesome, like yeah, just absolutely. for the Coastal Bend. Well, and the other, only other teams that really stick out as far as their schedule goes this weekend is uh, Flyer Bluff at Moody, which will – you know, I'm sure Flower Bluff will handle that one. Um, you got King and GP, uh, Vets at Carroll at Cabinet Stadium. Robstown and Rockport have already been canceled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So Robstown, Robstown has to forfeit that game. Um, just last week, Alice had to forfeit yeah. because of that. and But they have Alice still slated to play uh, against TM this weekend, and we'll see if they get a game in. Yeah, I so don't know Al- if Alice Al- has, Alice, has pla- yet. Alice is planning to play this weekend from what I read. They're so, planning to play against TM this weekend. Have they got any games in yet this year? I'm not sure, but they. I'm not sure I mean, either. but they I'm are planning. I read. I read happen. a news story this week. They are planning to play against TM. I, you know, I hope they can, just for the Alice players. You know, just especially the seniors on that team. Because I mean, in college they freeze eligibility, and you know, so you can come back another year. In high school, that, there's nothing like that. That like, whole school district went back to uh, virtual learning in yeah. Alice, and so. It must be pretty pretty wild out there. And then Robstown, who they have a forfeit. I mean, they're literally five, ten minutes away from my house. So here in Cal Allen, Robstown's right next door. Yeah. Cal Allen's rolling along. And I, I know for a fact, just insider information, we've had five positive cases out of the whole district out of 3,100 kids, 3,100 so students. That, so I mean, that's good news. It's pretty good, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're doing a really good job of, I mean, believe me, I know, um, with my own child, who had to have a test, and and I ignorantly called the school just to say, hey, you know, he's having a test just to let you guys know. And they were like, you can't bring him back to school. And I thought, son of a bitch. You know, like it was, but that's what they're doing, and they're mitigating it. So I don't know what's going on in Robstown or Alice. Um, I don't know what kind of numbers they have, but it's, it's kind of alarming to see games consistently canceled over and over again for these schools. Especially when it's that close. Yeah, and you just, you, you know, and you just... You feel bad for them. Uh, you hope it's nothing, you know. I mean, I, I feel bad for the seniors yeah. for the seniors on the team because, I mean, I'm sure for a lot of the guys, they're never going to put on football pads again after yep. this year. Yeah. So losing opportunities to play, you know, valuable games that, you know. I, I just know how much, like, when I was a senior in high school playing basketball, how much it would have hurt me, if, you know, when I couldn't, uh, yeah. if I couldn't have gone out there. You know what also hurts, Gabe? What hurts? A.J. Hinch. Yeah, Detroit he, Tigers to Detroit uh, to Motown. Yeah, that uh, that hurts. Miggy Cabrera. I think Miggy gets traded this offseason. That's a prediction. I wish he'd retire. I hate seeing guys go out like that. But I think Miggy needs to be a DH because he can hit. He, <laughs> yeah. can't, he can't play in the field, but he can still hit. Would he, you uh, let him DH in Houston? Or Jordan's probably our DH forever, which is a shame because he's young, and you really wish that guy could play first base. And maybe he can, but I don't know what those knees, if he ever can. Yeah. And um, I mean, maybe Jordan to play some outfield this year, just depending on what things look like. Um, But if if you had the opportunity, if he could fit in there, I think it would be nice having a Miggy. I I wouldn't want to take on his salary. I don't want, I'd want want Detroit. Like, so. Arizona's picking up like ten million in Grinky salary, so Thank we're God. so we're only paying Grinky like twenty four million instead of thirty four million. Yeah, but I mean that's a lot but better it, than thirty four million. Yeah, it's a chunk. That's something that can be spent on yeah. a, to to go to George Springer's salary. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you if you could work out something like that, because he has three years left on his deal, if you could work out someone mm. work out someone with Detroit, where it's hey he's making let's I don't know exactly, but let's call it thirty million. Making thirty million a year, we pay twenty, you pay ten, you know that kind of deal. I'd I'd work something like that out with Detroit. Yeah, and uh, Miggy's. Uh, well, I I don't know if there's a need legend, for Miggy in Houston because he's this next season. He I mean because Yuli's gonna play first base and Jordan's probably gonna be the DH in seventy percent of the games. But I think Yuli is arbitration. No, no, no. No, Yuli sign signed that extension, extension. Right? Yeah, so we got another year of Yuli. Yeah, and. Oh. Um, and I, I don't think Jordan, despite he's an outfielder and he'll play some outfield this year, he's not going to be an everyday left fielder. Mm. The Mets extended a qualifying offer to Marcus Stroman, which doesn't mean he stays, but he could actually. Chris Archer got declined. I would bring him to Houston. Um, let let you know Strom work with him. Uh, here is a question I wanted to pose to you. Also, we talked about Jeff Lunau 
couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. I've had some time to read uh, some hot take Twitter comments oh, <laughs> from boy. Astros Twitter. But there's a lot of people who lost respect for Lunal from the interview. They felt yeah. like he was just weaseling his way out. Do you think – so A.J. Hinch now has got a job. Yeah. The suspension is up. And they got lucky. Yeah, it took <laughs> it took A.J. Hinch all of five minutes after his suspension yeah. to get hired. For someone to call – and he probably had it worked out already. It isn't wild. But Tony LaRusso somehow gets a job with the White Sox, which is wild. He's 78 years old. But – you know, Jeff Tony Lunau. LaRusso managed Dusty Baker. <laughs> Did he really? That's so crazy, dude. Okay, so go on about Lunau. But does, Lunau does, does Lunau get a job this offseason? I don't think he gets one this offseason, but I think he does get a job at some point. You think as a general manager or maybe as a front office guy? Like maybe like maybe it's not general manager, but like something like, ba- you know, VP or president of baseball ops, something along those lines. A front office, an executive front office job. It's, it's fascinating to me how much – respect aj has enough respect in the game where he was hired like that man the moment that suspensions are like you said the moment it was over he he signed he's a contract a great manager of personalities and yeah. in baseball that's what it's huge i mean it's 162 games and it's a bunch of young guys and you're traveling all the time and you know they, there's reasons why they call it the dog days of august because i'm sure everyone's tired of each other by then you got to be able to manage personalities and aj you know psychology degree from Stanford, a bright guy who played the game, who knows how to manage those personalities. Yeah, he's going to be – and he's only – what's AJ, like 44? Like, AJ's not old. Like, he's yeah, a pretty he's a young, young guy. Like, if, yeah, he was going to get hired. Uh, the Rangers declined Corey Kluber's option. He's the kind of guy that I would I would love just to come in on a, a cheap back-end deal and let Strom work with that guy too. I mean, he had, a, he had, a, his, he had an injury that really wrecked his career – but Charlie Morton was kind of like that guy too, you know, and it was like Morton you, you could come back to Houston theoretically. I, I think he retires. I don't know. I'd be really yeah, surprised. Yeah, because he he, Tampa he, he thought about him. retiring. And I can't in believe 18. Tampa declined his option though. I mean, he's still been really good for them. So unless well, Tampa the, plans so the, on, so it's uh, maybe they resign. So him. they they it, the the option thing is you extend a qualifying offer of one mm-hmm. year, like nineteen million. Yeah. I don't think Tampa can afford to pay anybody $19 million, so you're just not going to extend that. And isn't it sad? Because Tampa's so good They're so at, well at run. what they do. And They're so well they run. they have the cheapest-ass owner, you know, uh, probably cheaper now than whoever owns the Marlins. I know it's a collective there. I mean, the A's. I mean, whoever runs the A's. I mean, the A's. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a fire sale in Oakland this offseason. Liam Hendricks, Marcus Simeon. Basically, the entire A's bullpen yeah. is up. I and mean, Billy Bean left, so Billy Bean's gone go now too. Oh man, they'll still be playing in the O. Wow. So um, we just had to add on some MLB stuff there because I mean I love Major League Baseball and I could talk about it. I'm very hours. curious to see who the Astro, what the Astros do this this offseason. So far, so this quiet. is the first the first um, first opportunity here for James Click. Yeah, this is the first chance for James Click. So I think that as Astros fans, we're expecting George Springer to walk if he stays. It's like a big bonus. Yeah, I don't. Um, I I know he's getting older, but the guy to me is the spark plug of that offense. When he's on the field, when he's in the front of the lineup, that offense just seems to click better. I expect Springer and Brantley both to walk. Um, hope, <laughs> hopefully they sign. You can hear yeah. Jason's tears. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they sign they, the international guy Pedro Leon. Uh, he comes yeah. in. He would fill an outfield spot pretty much right away. Uh, maybe it's a you know, a third of a season in the minors next year to start out just to get him some at bats in America. But he, he would be coming up pretty quickly and their Astros are the favorite to sign him. Apparently they've already agreed to a deal, it's just they can't sign him until January. Uh or no one can sign him until January, but you know, just with the MLB like signing period or whatever. Um so I'm very I'm curious to see what the Astros do this offseason. But nothing's happened yet. And I think with that being said, we're hitting about an hour here. I think we're done and ready to yeah, go get some lunch. Nothing's happened in the NFL. It's all quiet so far today. Um, John Elway has COVID nineteen, so oh, does know, he? Yeah, his HIPAA, his HIPAA was just violated. <laughs> oh. So, I don't know. What else? What? Uh, real quick before we close it out, um, you were you were doing a little bit of uh, election betting. Yes, I'm, so, I, I need to figure out how to do a parlay because they're not letting me do parlays on my side. Yeah, something I just never looked at before until I was next to this gambling degenerate. But <laughs> yeah, there's some websites you can go to and you can place bets on. Uh, you know, I am a terrible who's influence. Who's going to win different states, electoral college, things like that. So just some fun to be had. I mean, you know, the key. So not he, that anybody cares. So I'm going to give a prediction on the election here. 
Uh-oh. I'm going to give up. Not like I'm treating it as a sporting event Uh-oh. here. My prediction is that we go to the Supreme Court. Um, so there's a prop bet out there where you can bet like when will someone concede and like the date. And like it doesn't go through every day, but it goes like after like November 12th or something like that, you know, just like down yeah. the line. That's my favorite bet because I don't think we're going to know a winner until well after Thanksgiving for this election. So that's my one election thing I'm going to say here is everything that's going on in this country. We're not going to know a winner for this election until after Thanksgiving. I think it's going to take a minute and uh, hopefully. Which, you know, that's what everyone wants is more election. Yeah, more and maybe more it's age, fodder. Maybe we do know tomorrow and when I put this out, this ages terribly. That'd be fine. I would, man. I would. I would be ecstatic. I don't even care. I would be yeah, ecstatic. Yeah, I don't even care who with. wins. It's just, just like let's just done. get it over with. I'm. I'm tired. 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 Just like being a Texas fan or a Texans fan too. Yeah. Let's, well, it's been back. It's been nice to be back into hey, the booth. Texas A&M. There's a path to them for the college football playoff. The Ags. The Aggies. The Aggies. Watch out. They might make the college football playoff. But yeah, I think Good. we're done here. Good. I think we're uh, we're gonna go get lunch now. Let's go eat. Yeah, somewhere, let, somewhere yummy. Let's eat some yummy food. I hope y'all have a great week. Hope we could take your mind off the uh, the world for an hour here. So just a uh, brief moment. We, and don't don't forget support right on Corpus Christi. Yeah, support right on Corpus. Next week we're gonna do a, we're gonna eat a lot of food at the taco place. That's what we were told. That's what I heard, nerd. So we're gonna we're gonna do that. Uh, support right on Corpus. Listen to the Moneyline podcast later this week on. Uh, the Right On Sports feed and uh, visit RightOnCorpus.com to find out what restaurants you should be uh, you you should be going to here regularly in Corpus Christi. All right, I yes, think. sir, Rooney. All right, we will see y'all next week.